Rutgers Scout Cast 75 is real and it is spectacular. Well, eh, I think it's all right. I am your host, Sam Hellman, here for yet another episode, yet another Friday. I, I love the feedback that we've gotten on the last couple of episodes. It's been cool, especially with more Rutgers podcasts out there. It's great to know that our download numbers are going up as this season progresses and Hopefully that is, continues to be the case. I get that some like to punch out or take a break when you lose to Eastern Michigan. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to a lot of things today. And what I think was probably the best and most polarizing mailbag segment we've ever had on the show. If you're someone that doesn't like the strong critical opinions, then maybe you'll want to skip today's Rutgers Scoutcast mailbag. But Let's just say the quarterback conversation comes up and Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan has some strong opinions about it. Opinions that many probably disagree with, but that's the thing about opinions. We all have them, and since they're our opinions, they're all right. But we're going to get to the mailbag in its normal segment. Before we do that, look, I, I get that it was not the most fun week to be a Rutgers fan, and not just on the field, a scary moment with Jerry Kill Sunday morning. Fans learned about it on Monday. I thought that was kind of an important thing to give Chris Ash the chance to announce it instead of putting it out there through sources just because, look, we're talking about someone's health. We're talking about the offensive coordinator, and everyone wanted him to be okay, and it's great that he came back within 36 hours of his seizure, came back to work. It means that he's doing what he needs to do, and he's got some great doctors taking care of him. His wife is very familiar with what comes with football lifestyle and the health risks, so it's great to have Jerry Kill back on the field. Something that was really cool that I saw at Tuesday's practice, this was the first time that Jerry Kill was back at practice. He missed Monday, came back Monday evening to the offices, and then his first full practice back with the guys was Tuesday as he's walking off the field like he does every single day, it was cool to see some of the players come up, give him a hug, shake his hand. I saw Jerome Washington who, you know, he, he and Jerry Kill probably don't know each other that well given that both are relatively new to Rutgers and they're in some of the same meetings. They're in some different meetings. But guys like Jerome Washington came up, gave him a big handshake. All the quarterbacks were happy to see him. And I would think that maybe this gives them a little extra spark offensively like, hey, if this guy's going to take a sideline hit, have a seizure, and be back to work the next day, then maybe we can dust ourselves off and put up a pretty good performance against Morgan State and then maybe put a scare into Nebraska next week. Anyway, we're going to talk about more of that in the body of the show, but what I have for you now, I guess we're going to call it the interview segment of the week, but to be honest, this is just something that slipped through the cracks through media day, you know, like a Lewis Black segment. Uh, I sat down with, at the time, were the three main true freshman linebackers. When this was this again, this was a month ago, and that was Saim Simmons, Olakunle Fatukasi, and Tyshawn Fogg. All three of them are in different spots right now than they were when this conversation took place. And of course, since this, CJ Onyechi is playing a lot of defensive end and already playing as a true freshman. Brendan Devera has moved to middle linebacker and is also playing as a true freshman. But these were the three main guys at the time, all three of which I think have bright futures at Rutgers. 
Simmons, I like to redshirt now after the injuries and training camp. It makes sense to kind of slow things down for him. And then you have a hungry redshirt freshman to come in and compete with Tyreek Williams for that playing spot next year. You got Tyshawn Fogg who, look, this is the game. You redshirt him or you don't. He didn't come here to redshirt and he's been working hard, but the linebackers ahead of him have played pretty well. And Ola Kunle Fatukasi has been the fastest man to the field of the linebacker group. He and Brendan Devera are key players on special teams. Fatukasi is the only freshman linebacker that has seen playing time at linebacker. We're going to hear from all three right now. So in order, if you're trying to keep up, it'll be in the notes on the uh, in your web browser, on your iPhone app, or your Android Stitcher device. First up will be Saim Simmons. Second, Ola Kunle Fatukasi. And third will be Tyshawn Fogg. After that, we're going to come back with Brian Doan for the news, a little scout on the road, and what I consider to be a pretty charged-up mailbag from your boy, Brian Doan. Here we go. So how's it feel to be home? Uh, I feel good to be home. You know, family, friends, just a place I should have been from from the go home, so I feel actually pretty good to me. What was what was it like to leave experience Alabama football and now come home? That whole experience had to be just, you know, growing up and learning a lot. Yeah, basically moving down there and stuff, it was like it was like a life life experience and stuff. Like like I wanted to experience the football, like how was it? It was different from Jersey, so I mean I got the experience to play with the best of the best, top notch schools and players and stuff. But I mean it felt good to be home. What uh, what made you want to what made you leave was it just for the competition? Yeah, I wanted to see where I was at with my skill set, my fundamentals, and like things like that. So I wanted to you know try myself. How excited were you when Rutgers came into the picture? Because I mean we're talking Big Ten football, but we're also mm-hmm. talking about home. Well, the reason why because I came home and stuff, and it was just like I felt like Rutgers was Big Ten now. You know, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, what are you liking about being here so far? What what's, well, what stands out about the school for you? Um, the coaching staff, the academics, the new stuff we're getting. Like a lot of things is changing since since like last years and stuff. So this, this could be the year. What makes you say this could be the year? Like what what is it, what is about this team that you think could I mean, be special? It's a lot of competitive going around everywhere. People is fighting for jobs and it's just it's a grind. It's a grind. When you were when you were in Jersey City, did you pay attention to Rutgers at all? When I was in Jersey City, I I could say that I didn't pay attention to Rutgers because some people were saying you shouldn't you shouldn't stay home and stuff like that. But you know, it's up to me. It's no one else's decision. So I felt as though this was a great place for me to be. Are you gonna try and change that now? Maybe give Rutgers a better. Yes, sir. yes, sir. I mean, change everything I could about the program with teammates, other people in my class, and it should be a fun one. Great one. On the field, where are you learning? What are you doing right now? How would you describe your role? My role right now is just fitting best wherever they need me at. No complaining, just doing what they ask me to do, and just learning and taking great teaching from good coaches and stuff. So, what position are you playing right now? Right now, I'm playing the Sam Sam linebacker slash nickel. So it's just just learning. You, how different is that from what you've done? Because I know like, you play running back in high school, you play safety. Well, how different is what you're doing now? How different it is is just like now I'm only playing one side of the ball so I could be more effective. Like That's my strength, just finding the ball and being, and being destructive and, and just playing my, playing my heart out. How do you feel about special teams? How I feel about special teams is, is excellent. I mean, it's a job, it's something to do. 
that can also be a game changer in the game. And you could be on that to, you know, get the team some hype, quiet down crowds and stuff like that. Rutgers brought in a bunch of good linebackers this year. You're sitting with some of them. Um, how close are you guys as a unit? We real close. I mean, it's never a day we go in a meeting and not talk to each other. We always bonding besides without football inside, like Rutgers campus. Like, we just have a great, great connection. Do you have a goal of playing this year? Do you want to play against Washington, or is that not important to you? Right now, it's important, but I feel as though wherever the coach thinks was best for me, I would do. So it's like, I mean, it's, it's up to them, and it's also up to me. So whatever's best. But, I mean, I hopefully, hopefully I'll be on the field to play. But just take it day by day. All right, I'm in. Well, thank you. Thank you. Nice to see you. It's really fun right now. Not fun, it's not fun, but there's a lot of competition here. A lot, you got to work hard. You got to mentally. You got to be really mentally tough. Is there anything different than you expected? Not really. I just knew it was going to be hard. How much did guys like Kamal or even Ahmed before he left? Like, what kind of advice did they give you about what it's going to be like say, here? Just say be mentally strong, physically strong. Be, get ready because it's going to be a hard one. A hard four years. Did you see early playing time as an opportunity for you with how much they need help at linebacker? I can't. Depends how I compete. If I want to compete, I gotta bring. I really gotta work hard for it. It's just don't. It's not handed to me. So even though, like I think that's a great point. Even though you're getting reps with the twos right now, like you still got a long way before that first game. Yeah. So is there motivation to keep going, kind well, of thing? Yes, of course. Motivation every day. Every day I gotta work hard. I gotta grind. I never. I never stop. What is uh, what is Coach Neiman like as a teacher for you? Teach as a teacher. What do you mean? Like, how, how much are you learning from Coach Neiman? Oh, I'm, about I'm what learning takes? a lot. I'm learning a lot from high school. I'm learning a lot. Just my basic fundamental. That's the important thing. What uh, what role are you playing right now? What position? I'm playing. Playing. <laughs> playing I'm playing all three linebacker, linebackers right now. Do you like getting to learn all of them, or is yeah, it a little much? Because it makes me more versatile. So wherever they need me yet, I could be yet. I, uh, I asked Coach Ash about all you freshman linebackers, like first first day of camp, and he said he wants guys that play special teams. Yeah. How do you feel about special teams, and first, I'm guessing you want to play it? At first, I think I, I didn't like special teams because really? I felt like it was just, oh, you got to be. That's where they put the, the third yeah. string guys in but high school. I realized yeah. it's actually fun. There's nothing wrong with special teams because I never played special team in high school. But I really, it's actually fun there. What about it is fun for you? Just running down, just hitting people. That's <laughs> fun. Um, what do you like about Rutgers just as a school so far? As I mean, school, there's obviously football, but school too. Everybody is cool with each other, and it's diverse, really diverse. For you being a New York guy, what is it like watching Rutgers recruit New York this year? It has to be exciting. Oh, it's really exciting. They're doing better with recruiting in New York. Cause they know what they're doing. I feel like if they keep doing it, we... You're going to be a better team. I mean, I guess it starts with guys like you and Tim Barrow, but they're doing even better now. What What do you think Rutgers is doing so well to connect with you guys? I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> I think just they know how to talk to people. Yeah. They know how to tell the truth, get them in. They know how to be honest. Yeah, that's, they know how to recruit. Do you? How important would it be for you to play this year, or is it not important? It's really important. It's all about what I'm doing on the field on training camp. I gotta keep working, and once I keep working, I might have some playing time. On the field. And uh, I guess the last thing, Deontay and Trevor seem like they're pretty good leaders of this room. What kind of advice have they given you? They, 
Yeah, they helped me a lot. They, even though they are not selfish with their, oh, um, they started and wanted, they always teach me what's right, what's wrong. So they, I, I'll look up to them. Uh, I, I lied, one more question. Uh, representing Grand Street in the Big Ten, what does that mean to you? It's really, it's really an honor and special because everybody is looking up to me from Grand Street. So I'm not going to give up on myself because if I give up, I'm going to let them down. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep working up. I'm going to work hard for me and for myself. I'm, I'm for me, for them, for my family, for everybody. Awesome. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Come on. So your you know, four-star recruit decided to come to Rutgers. Is the best part of committing and signing that people stop calling you and bothering you about recruiting? I mean, that was definitely a big thing about it. But, I mean, I didn't bother, like, really minded or everything. I mean, I love talking to people. I love talking in general. So, just interesting calling me and everything. It's pretty good. So. You say you love talking. I guess that's your natural Jersey roots coming out. Uh, yeah. How's it feel to be back home? Um, it feels pretty good. I love the shore. You know, I love coming down to New Jersey all the times I could get. And I remember in the recruiting process, me coming down to Rutgers. It was just, you know, just a vacation time for me to talk to the coaches and the guys. So, I love it. I remember, I think it was when you committed, you mm -hmm. came all the way up to Rutgers. You were at like Six Flags or something. Right. Like, wow, he went all the way from there up to Rutgers. Yeah. He must be really serious about yeah. this place. I mean, yeah, it was definitely cool. I remember in the summer times to come up here with my brother and everything. It was a great time. I loved it. So, uh, Playing in the Big Ten, right. what does that mean to you? I mean, you played at a good high school, but right. this is Big Ten football now, you know? I mean, it means a lot. I mean, I used to dream of days like this, just going against a whole bunch of guys and compete for a level honestly the best conference it is honestly so it's just coming out here to compete every single day it's a dream love it you came here wanting to play early right. now that you're getting that opportunity what kind of effort went into it i mean it had to be harder than you thought it would be right. oh yeah it's a whole bunch of effort coming in here i mean first thing everybody loves to come in but i want to compete right away but they don't know the work you have to put in to compete right away but i mean i feel in i put in a whole bunch of effort every single day i practice everybody comes out here to compete or the freshmen compete with the older guys it's just a whole bunch of competition going around the, the three guys that were at this table and right. CJ also, what kind? Of, do you think you changed anything about this linebacker group? Because there wasn't a lot of competition last year, and now there's young guys coming for those jobs, those reps. I mean, we didn't really change everything. I just feel as though it's just like it's like a lot of effort and competition. Guys flying around out there, so the guys that's ahead of us, we just push them to keep on getting better and keep on challenging them. You know, just to step it up a level just get everything together. Uh, what, what linebacker position are you like focusing on right now? I mostly play inside, but honestly, all three across the board, I'm probably learning. Just because as you're young, you just want to know everything. So, um, Do you feel like there's any place where you can be best, or is it a matter of just finding the right opportunity? Um, it's just wherever the opportunity lands itself, honestly. So it's just no position I'm going to play strictly. Just whatever they put me at, I'll be satisfied with it. Um, special teams, how do you feel about that? I love special teams. I know I wasn't big on special teams in high school. I mean, I played them, but I wasn't big on them. But coming into college, I mean, Coach Ash preaches special teams every single day. We always work on them. So I come down there, run down on the field. Any way I can contribute, I want to do it. So I love special teams. And then last thing, coming from a program like Calvert Hall, right. is it exciting to represent that place on TV? And then I'm sure you're going to be playing against and watching some of your teammates in college. Oh, absolutely. I love Calvert Hall. I love putting on for them. Everybody on my team, I know Reggie Sutton, I got him to come here. Chance Campbell. <laughs> we give you all the credit on. for that one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, Chance Campbell's still working on him a little bit. But, no, I always got put on for Calvert Hall. I always go down there. I might have some free time, talk to Coach Donald Davis. So, no, I love putting on for him. I love Coach Davis. He's absolutely. the best. Absolutely. All right, thanks, Tasha. All right, no problem. Appreciate it. Man, good to see you again. 
and welcome into Rutgers Scout Cast 75, our news portion brought to you by, I don't know, brought to you by scarletreport.com. Go ahead and try a free trial or uh, hit me up for more information about how to join because unlike everyone else, we're actually coming to every practice and we're actually writing about practice after it happens. So if you like that stuff, come check us out. If you like recruiting coverage, well, we got Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan with us now. And before we get into the real news, which obviously is Jerry Kill and the train wreck that was Eastern Michigan on Saturday, uh, let's do a little scout on the road, Brian. You excited? Very much excited. Um, I think when you look at this weekend, good games, good high school games to go to. I'm excited to go see Don Bosco, St. Francis up in North Jersey, Tyler Friday, Marcellus Erlington, Kevin Brennan, Jalen Berger. They're on Bosco. The one I can't wait to see is Ayabi Anoma, just an absolute stud defensive end from St. Francis in Baltimore. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him play in a game and move because when I saw him in camp, he was absolutely incredibly athletic. Well, the names you mentioned, uh, only a couple of them still apply to Rutgers, but I'm curious to see what they say. And honestly, I'm curious to see how much one game really matters with a kid like Tyler Friday. Maybe it does a lot. Maybe it doesn't, and maybe it's up to Rutgers to just keep a relationship despite something like Eastern Michigan happening. You know, everybody loves to overreact, and it happens every game. If Rutgers would have beat Washington, uh, we would have had a billion questions about, well, this really has to help us with Tyler Friday, and this has to help us with this, and it has to. It's not the way it works. I mean, we've said it. I don't know, six, seven zillion times. Now, look, if Rutgers goes two and ten, three and nine, doesn't play well and, and looks horrific, then it's going to matter. But if they lose every game the rest of the way by one point every game, that's progress. You, you, everybody likes to look at it in a vacuum. Recruiting doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, I talked to Ahmad Anderson after his official visit to Rutgers commit from Staten Island. And he was telling me about what a great time he had, and people were speculating, quietly, but speculating he's not solid with Rutgers anymore because he hasn't returned a phone call after his official visit. Forget the fact his phone wasn't working. <laughs> right, um, right, you know, right, right. So, you know, get in touch with his dad, and his dad's like, yeah, it got fixed, try him. And wouldn't you know it, as soon as it got fixed, he's willing to talk about Rutgers and what a great time he had, and said... Yeah, they should have won the game, and they should have made some plays that they didn't make. But I see what they're building, and I I like Rutgers a lot, and the players there are awesome. And Rutgers did the smart thing, and he hung out with a trio of New York City kids. And during his visit, it's the oh they won, this is going to help with this kid, and oh they lost, this is going to kill us with this kid. It's just not how it works. Now, 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 to go back to last week's scout on the road, we're not going to go in too much detail because that's what ScarletReport.com is for, but I went to Irvington High School to see Lance Ture, the defensive end, younger brother of Kamoko Ture. He's been visiting Rutgers since he was, you know, nine years old because of his brother. Rutgers is still very involved with him to the point where it sent two assistants to go see his opener. I thought Lance Ture looked improved. He looked athletic, but Rutgers has a lot of work to do in keeping the interest up and we'll see who else comes in to recruit him because right now it's kind of Rutgers than everyone else but just because you have a lead now doesn't mean you're going to have a lead in December and January 
Uh, what did you see on the road last week, Brian? I went to see Imhotep at a Philadelphia play, and I posted a story on the site about Yusef Terry, 2019 receiver, 6'3", 6'4", really thin. And I think somebody commented that his tape didn't look great, and it was a sophomore tape. By the time this drops, I mean, I, I got done doing his tape today. I, I watched it, I cut it up, and went And by today, it. he means Wednesday when we're recording. Correct. It was good. It was a lot better than his sophomore tape. And so that's why you go out. I saw Yusuf Terry, who has a Rutgers offer. I saw Taiki Smith, who has a Rutgers offer, another 2019 out of Imhotep. I saw Omar Spate, who I did not like on the camp scene. Defensive end. He, he played a little linebacker on the camp scene. He played defensive end and, and some defensive tackle. He's a good player. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got Tennessee offer. Um, you know, he's got a couple traditional power offers and I didn't understand it until I went and watched him play live he's he's a good player so it's fun to get out and see players like that and you know for those of you who are subscribers you'll be able to watch his tape all, all three of their tapes in by the end of the weekend and also this weekend you will see me at I think I'm at Northern Burlington High School but I'm not going to see them I'm going to see Woodrow Wilson High School which features 2018 commit Trayvon King, 2019 target Stanley King, and 2020 target Fadil Diggs. They also have a quarterback that I'm interested in, maybe not at the Rutgers level, but I think he's got a good arm. So I'm excited to see those guys play. It'll be my first time seeing Trayvon Diggs since he committed. Not Trayvon Diggs. That'd be pretty good if they got Trayvon Diggs, though. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. But Trayvon King, on the other hand, this is the first time I'm seeing him since he committed. I saw him about a month ago. I'm looking forward to seeing them again. And uh, Brian Fonseca of our staff will be over on the other side of Outer Bridge Crossing to check out our buddies I hear Lacewell at Tottenville. Do you think with Fonseca he learned anything from your last trip to Staten Island and how it can be? Nah, he better leave early. <laughs> I tell you what, though, he's got a chance to be drinking warm milk before any of us. Yeah, I'm hoping that he gets a blowout and he gets to get home early. Uh, I have a feeling I'll be getting it, a blowout. It's funny when you say that um, because... Usually when you go to a game, Sam, and I'm at a different game, I'm rooting like anything for like nine overtimes for you. Because I know how much you enjoy just watching. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're a bad guy. <laughs> All right, Brian, the news of the week, uh, something that, the kind of thing you don't always want to discuss, but when it happens, it happens. Uh, Rutgers offensive coordinator Jerry Kill, as everyone's familiar now because it happened five days ago, six days ago, Took a hit on the sideline Saturday, wasn't feeling good Saturday night, Sunday morning during a meeting, had his first seizure in two years, but he's back to work within 36 hours. What did you take away just from following this week and how everything played out with Jerry Kill? Um, a couple things. It made everybody forget about Eastern Michigan really quickly because um, you're worried about somebody's health and their well-being and their family, and it goes beyond football. And then once you hear he's okay and he's going to be back quickly, the then, focus changes. Then you hammer him for not taking enough, uh, you know, shots down the field or whatever it is that <laughs> whatever it is that you think went wrong against Eastern Michigan. <laughs> they took some shots down the field. It's just the quarterback missed some wide open guys, and some wide open guys stopped running. Uh, I, I, I do want to say this before I get into the ramifications of Jerry Kill and, and the health. Everybody always wants to blame the coaches. Always. And I think people are starting to come around. It's taken some time. I remember when uh, 
I began telling people that I wasn't the biggest Kyle Flood fan and the program was in trouble. Inconceivable. And so, eventually people saw it. And, and I think more and more people are seeing that there's just, you know, they're more talented now than they were a year ago. They're not nearly as talented now as they will be in two years. It takes time. And to blame a loss like that on the coaching staff, I find to be ludicrous. Because it means you're not paying attention to what's going on in the game. What you're doing is you're looking at the names of the schools to figure it out. And you can complain all you want about offensive line coach A.J. Blazik and the offensive line getting absolutely abused in the first half and then playing better in the second half. But go play. I mean, just go knock the other guy off the ball, for goodness sake. Now, in looking at Kill, the the one thing I look at is if it wasn't a bye week, you know, which is when you can get away with it more and, and missing out on game plan meetings and stuff like that, at least it's Morgan State where you wouldn't think they're going to have to go out and scheme them up and do that kind of stuff. So in the short term, I don't think it has any impact. It, the impact may actually be good because it forced other people to fill a role that maybe allows them to see things differently and allows them to talk to Jerry Kill maybe a little differently because they've tried to create stuff and put it in there. So in the short term, I actually think it can be, I don't want to say a benefit because it's callous to yeah. say it that way, but it, it can be something that Rutgers can use to its advantage, I think is the best way to put it. In the long term, I'm curious to see what happens. Can he remain symptom free? He's a very good coach. His track record has proven that. Um, I think that he would want another head coaching job at somewhere down the line. He signed a three-year deal with Rutgers. And as long as he stays symptom-free, doesn't have any issues, um, maybe other schools don't look at him as hard now. And he says, okay, I figured out my comfort zone at Rutgers. It may... Maybe he stays longer now. I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's my initial inclination on it. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert on epilepsy or on seizures. There's people that are paid a lot of money to understand this process, how to stay healthy, how to keep the right diet, and how to avoid situations like taking a hit on the sidelines. Now, whether that was the direct cause or not, I can't say for sure. Jerry Kill can't say for sure. I do look forward to speaking with him Sunday assuming that everything is fine over the next 48 hours, which I think it will be. But my point is there's people paid a lot of money to make these decisions health-wise. And these doctors, and guess what? There's pretty good doctors in the New Brunswick area. They uh, they felt comfortable sending him to work the next evening. He was at work by... Rick Mance was telling boosters within 24 hours, oh, yeah, he's fine, he's back to work. You know, like, if there was any concern that this was going to become a relapse or there was another issue coming, then you don't send him back to work the next day. But they did. I agree. And will people use it against them in recruiting? Yep. Of course they will. But, and just like if it was another school, you bet Rutgers would use it in recruiting. So let's not pretend otherwise. But at the end of the day, showing that he can stay healthy the rest of the year 
may wind up being a good thing in recruiting because look we have it figured out and and then you can develop a different kind of bond with recruits but I don't I I think the inclination is you know I I must have gotten 10 text messages within 20 minutes of the news breaking from people affiliated with other schools oh I can't believe that Uh, why did they hire him I mean what do you think they just said okay we're going to hire him and didn't do any background check didn't have any plan in place or anything things happen um Good and bad, they happen. This was not good, but life is about adjusting on the fly. Give Chris Ash credit, and I think you're the one who said it first, was they already had plans in place in case something like this happened. So they are prepared for it. They obviously, you don't want it, but they they knew what they would do. They knew the steps that would be taken. It's just, I, I think at this point, People are looking at reasons to kick Rutgers and say why they're not going to be good or another bad situation. And they're not looking at it in an objective way. And you you hit it on the head. Doctors who, if they're wrong, are in a lot of trouble, are telling them it's okay to go back to work. And they put it all together for them on how to do it. And it's up to him to follow it. And I don't know enough about to if he follows every step, if something could still happen. We don't know the particulars of if he did something differently than he should have. I don't know any of it. The one thing I do look at, and, and I'm curious, I hope he goes upstairs because in my experience, that's where you call an offensive game from. And they can't have worse time getting plays in from upstairs, I can't imagine. So, I mean, just I, I think to overreact is ludicrous. Just like it's over, it's crazy to overreact about Eastern Michigan and losing that game. It's ludicrous to overreact about this. So I I, uh, I don't know what Chris Ash's middle name is, but I think it's Chris Plan Ash. <laughs> this guy is obsessed with having plans for things, and he made that clear from the first time I met him. The first time you met him, here's my plan for this, for that, for this. His plan for Jerry Killen of anything that happened. There was one, just because he's not going to tell everyone on TV what it is. I mean, Dorian Miller, team captain, is telling me within an hour of Chris Ash's announcement, oh, yeah, there's a plan for this. I've been talking about it with the coaches all summer. If the players are talking about it, guess what? There's a plan. So I'm not worried about that. I do want to go back to something you said about Eastern Michigan, what feels like about 10 minutes ago, but it just kind of jumped in my mind. It was probably one of my thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you've been known to speak, you, you know, you're garrulous in the likes of microphones. I don't know what that means. Profusive. Chatty. Loquacious. Uh, I talk a lot? Yeah. Okay. So, talent. Rutgers doesn't have a lot of talent. I think we can agree on that. It's getting better. But are you you saying that you think Eastern Michigan has more talent as a program? No, I'm not saying that. But I think their quarterback was better. And if there's one thing I know is if the quarterback is markedly better, it's a pretty big advantage to have. And, And, you know, you talked about it before. Um, with what we've done. We talk about it in our preview video a little bit in terms of the experience of somebody working. They nailed a bunch of back shoulder throws. You can do that when you've been together for a while. Um, Gary Nova and Carew made a whole season out of it. I mean, you can do it when you work out. They don't have that. And I do not want to hear about Gio should be the quarterback. Just... Stop. You are sneaking into our mailbag, sir. Just stop because 
have you not watched Rutgers football for the past five years to learn anything about backup quarterbacks and why certain people play? I'll wait for the mailbag. But Eastern Michigan was a bad loss. Bad loss. On everybody. Everyone. Everyone. Except for Ryan Anderson. He did a good job. Uh, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> I'm the good guy. I mean, the kicker did a good job, actually. The field goal kicker did yeah. a good job. Remember back in Greg Schiano's early years when they lost to 1AA UConn? Do you remember that game at all? No, I was Of like course 13. you don't. Of course you don't. All right? Do you think when Chris Ash is in year seven, you're going to sit there and go, you know, if we would have beat Eastern Michigan that year, we'd probably be playing for a national championship right now. We would have had a shot at that Lambert Cup back in 2017. <laughs> oh, man. It's a bad loss. It happens. You... Here's the challenge. Go find somebody who coaches, who's a head coach, who hasn't had a bad loss. Just go find it. That's all I'm asking. You know, Kyle Flood started 7-0. and I, I did know that. I did know that. All right. Well, I can tell you're fired up, so we're going to just jump right into the mailbag here. And I guess we've already teased the question. Got this question a lot in our premium Q&A, but now that it's been a few days and everyone's reacting on social media and, you know, people are tweeting my Q&As out there because they can't resist. Not cool, by the way. The question is, why is Gio not getting a look? Because he's not good enough. I'm going to give my quick answer Uh and then we'll let you, I'm just going to walk off while you yell for a while. You know, you give me a, let me tell you something, brother. So the reason that Gio Rochino is not playing, in my opinion, is because you got two options for the season. You try to win now, and that's with Kyle Bolin, who is a team captain because the team believes in him, and he is a better option overall than Gio Rochino. Or the second option is to build towards the future, which is three to four more years of Jonathan Lewis. Gio Rochino, at best, is at Rutgers for another 13 months. And while I know that everyone for the end of time is going to reference his game against Minnesota, yeah, he played great against Minnesota. One, Rutgers still lost the game. Two, the film got out after that, and he scored two touchdowns the rest of the season. Nothing against Rosinho, who I think is one of the hardest-working quarterbacks that I've covered in my 11 years at Rutgers. That's not saying much. True. Fair. Uh, some of the others quit to play lacrosse. What I'll say from Rosinho, this is a guy whose biggest offer before Rutgers came in late after losing Tyler Weakers was a preferred walk-on offer at Michigan State. So great for him for overachieving where he has it's if he came into a game for Rutgers I wouldn't say oh this game is over but they have other options and people that are paid a lot of money and people that have coached a lot of football have made decisions and he's not in the plans right now it's really that simple all right where do you want me to start let me say one more thing (laughs) Rochino's performance against Minnesota was more legitimate than the Rockets performance against whatever Norfolk State that everyone said the Antoine Williams is our next Ray Rice. Go ahead. Now it's my turn? Now it's your turn. All right. So, where do we want to start with backup quarterbacks who always thinks that, how can our backup be worse than this? Because he is. First off, because he is. Did we not establish that before? Remember when Gary Nova was the quarterback and everybody wanted Chase Dodd? Do we remember that? And then Chase Dodd played in the pinstripe ball against Notre Dame. And, and, and how did that go? Oh, wait, he should be the guy. Oh, right. Let's see. We want to bring it a little more recent. 
last year, Laviano. Oh, well, how can Reddick not play? Why can't Reddick not play? Let's see. Reddick didn't get a job. Couldn't win a job at LSU. Granted, they're better. Came to Rutgers. Couldn't win a job there. Went to, where's he at? Middle Ten Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech. Can't win a job there. Chris Laviano, who camped all over the Northeast and the, the, the Atlantic seaboard looking for offers. Had none except Rutgers. BC offered him early and then took somebody else, so he went to Rutgers. Left. Was so good, he was the third quarterback at San Diego State. Not the second, not the first, the third, but everybody, well, play this guy, play this guy, play this guy. Now, is San Diego State, is their conference as tough as the Big Ten East? I don't believe so. Okay. I don't believe so. Continue. I think Wyoming's pretty good. Yeah, they got a good quarterback. Better than Laviano? <laughs> so, when do you sit there and you just say, you know what? Bowling was terrible. He's still our best option. Live with it. So you didn't like Drew Marringer, who obviously didn't have a lot of faith in Rossinio last year because he started Chris Laviano. So you bring in Jerry Kill. He doesn't think Gio's good enough. Please stop yelling. He doesn't think he's good enough. That's why Jonathan Lewis came in to run a couple read options, and Gio didn't. So for everybody out there who does not watch practice, who has no idea if Gio can get you in and out of the right checks, that's who you want as the quarterback. That's who you want. So you're sitting there having not watched practice, having not had discussions with the staff. But yeah, Gio should be the guy. And the only reason Gio should be the guy is because you didn't like the way Bowling played. So somebody has to be better. Are you kidding me? Enough of this. Your options are Bowling if you're trying to win now. Jonathan Lewis, if you're building for 2018, that's it. Those are the options. That's why they're one and two on the depth chart. For me, the uh, I got a oh, lot. Oh, you're still here? I got a lot of editing to do with the amount of screaming you were doing, Beningo. Um, it goes back to my second year on the beat when Mike Teal was a fifth-year senior team captain, and he got booed on homecoming for beating Connecticut, and everyone was saying, "We're done with this guy." Mike Teal, they wanted Dom Natale so badly to come in and be the guy. We got him from Michigan State. You know, he I remember school. He, he lost a job two days, yeah. two games into Tom Savage, and then Tom Savage two took quarters the job. into Tom Savage. <laughs> they they were so desperate for something other than Mike Teal because the team wasn't playing well. And I think most people remember Mike Teal's career pretty fondly. Maybe even that season fondly, where he won. Eight straight games, beat Russell Wilson in a bowl game, and threw for 447 yards and seven touchdowns on senior day against Louisville, which Rutgers has not beaten since. Th oh, no, lie. Rutgers beat once since then. I say, and, and all those plays were in the first half. Yeah. Uh, so my, my point is that even when it's something that seems as obvious as that, I get it. The backup's always. The I backup is the most popular guy I, everywhere, and I get I, that. I get it for the average fan. I expect more from the Scarlet Report community. Oof, harsh. Well, I don't have an off-topic question this week after that rant. You want to throw something at me, Brian? Yeah, I'll throw something at you, Sam. Uh, we're sitting here taping this a couple days before it drops. Some yeah, at, ladies the general, at the General Store Studios is our Correct. term. And lady is walking past us with two Vishlas, their uh -huh. dogs. Very cool dogs, very, very fun dogs, um, very good-looking, handsome, pretty dogs. 
What's your favorite dog, Sam? You know, it's funny that you mentioned this, Brian, because dogs are going to be a topic on next week's show. Uh, my guest next week is Ashley Bragg Ryan, who played Rutgers softball and is married to someone named Logan Ryan, who has a dog business, and we've been friends for a while, so I figured let's talk dogs next week. So stay tuned for that. I, th- I thought you were doing it because they're going to be like 30-point dogs to the Huskers. <laughs> Oof. Uh, my favorite you mean dog. Wolf. My favorite kind of dog, and it's a uh, hot take, but I like pit bulls. Uh, my my dog that I had, my second dog that I had growing up was half pit bull, half a bunch of other things, and 100% awesome. So that's my favorite kind of dog. My favorite kind of dog is a lab or golden retriever. I love chocolate labs. Had a chocolate lab. Had a golden retriever. Now I have a mix lab retriever, and she's awesome and she's everything that a dog should be Um, but here's one thing I will say I can be harsh on a lot of different things I am not harsh when it comes to animals they're awesome um, because they give you the one thing that you that your dog will always look at you like you're the best thing in the world even when you had a bad day and so that's why I decided the dog should be the question today. Is that why you always scream at Abby when you're on the phone with me? Well, she's not the brightest, but she's a great dog. <laughs> well then, that was episode 75 of the Rutgers Scoutcast. Please don't take Brian's comments personally. He says meaner things to me every day. I thought it was important to keep that unedited just because, you know, who am I to censor his opinion, however mean it is, uh, or honest, I guess, is another word for it. We're not going to hold back or make things up or pretend that everything is going great just because we're doing this for Rutgers fans. It was a rough week in Rutgers country, and I think that's what you heard right there in the mailbag. Um, make sure to send in your questions to future mailbag segments to myself at Sam Hellman Scout on Twitter. Our premium members get first dibs. Just go ahead and shoot me a private message over on the site or just comment on this message board thread if you're listening to this in your web browser. I hope everyone enjoyed the little bit of linebacker insight at the beginning of the episode. It's been a long week, and when you're dealing with stuff like whether it's Jerry Kill or kid leaving the team or Tariq Cole's fake injury or everything else that happened this week. I didn't have time to track down a guest, so I hope people like that little linebacker segment. Like I said in the mailbag next week, hopefully I haven't recorded the interview yet, but I do have a verbal commitment, and we all know how verbal commitments work. Uh, next week I plan to have Ashley Bragg Ryan as my guest on the show. Interesting for a few reasons. One, I want to help her promote her new business because I'm pretty passionate about dogs. But two, she's a former Rutgers softball player that played from, I think, 2009 to 2012, I want to say. We went to school together. She was a little behind me. But I figure that, you know, I talked to someone about how much facilities have changed over the years. She was around when the whole Tim Pernetti transition to Julie Herman happened. That was a disaster for Olympic athletes like her. Uh, We'll see how much she wants to say about that. Also interesting, her last name, if you didn't notice, is now Ryan. She's married to Logan Ryan. They have 
one child together and they live, you know, in Tennessee doing the whole Tennessee Titans thing. So that kind of stuff will be fun to talk about. I'm a sucker for dogs. I'm a sucker for a love story. And this is a little bit of both. So hopefully that'll be fun next week. But until then, I am the host of the Rutgers Scout cast, Sam Hellman. Thanks for listening.